0: It's... Really good to be back together at the start of this uh, new year. We had such a wonderful Christmas season, if you were able to engage with any of our Christmas services. It was just wonderful, full services, lots of visitors, lots of Christmas joy and poignancy. It really was a wonderful time. And now here we are at the beginning of the new year. It was a bit of a struggle to kind of get in gear, I don't know about you, uh, at the beginning of the new year. But here we are at the start of this new year together as God's family. And what I want to do this morning is to build on the passage that Tabitha introduced us to as she relaunched the Children's groups this morning. Good to hear the new names and uh, the new vision. And she's been inspired by Psalm 1, as we've heard. And actually, it's really important, I think, for us as adults to hear and to to cheer on all that's happening for our kids and our youth. We have a, a deliberate and intentional leaning in and investing in the next generation here at CBC. And we hope that every single one of us can pray about that and champion that. And Psalm 1 is such a brilliant New Year psalm, In any event. So, I'd like us all to dive into it together at the beginning of this new year and spend a bit of time in it. And along with Tabitha, I'm thinking about this theme of being rooted out of Psalm 1. So, grab a Bible, open your Bible, um, and we'll read Psalm 1 together again now. And we'll read the whole Psalm, six verses. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take or sits in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Psalm 1. I wonder what things are like in your home after Christmas in terms of putting away all the Christmas tree and all the Christmas decorations and so on. Are you a I can't wait to take it all down and have a tidy up person? Or are you a I love it and I want to leave it up as long as possible person? Who's in the I can't wait to tidy category? Quite a few. And who's in the I'd love it up as long as possible? Okay, so how many of you left up until the 12th night, which traditionally, of course, you're supposed to, to the 5th on Friday? Anyone still got their lights up and haven't quite got round to it yet? Oh gosh, quite a few. <laughs> Goodness me. Um... I'm not I'm not quite the, you know, go early. I mean, some people go really early. You know, I know somebody took their lights like, down tree down on the twenty-eighth of December. I mean, that's still like leftover turkey territory, isn't it? I don't know if any of you are in that category. I'm not that bad. But as it gets towards the 1st of January, there's a a bit of me that's kind of itching to clear up. Um, My family not so much, me more so. After the kind of Christmas explosion, I want to tidy, I want to clear out the clutter. Now I love all of the Christmas stuff, but actually I was quite glad to pack the decorations away and have a good clean round, make sure my children's presents all had a home, and my lounge suddenly looks twice the Size. again, when you take the tree out of it. There's something therapeutic, I think, about clearing away the clutter and making some space. And at the beginning of a new year, I think there's something spiritually therapeutic about clearing away the clutter as well. chance to take stock and to tidy some things away in order to make space for other things that you want to be There. One of the things that David says in this very first psalm is that there are some things for us to let go of. There are some things for us to ditch and some things to take up which will be spiritually therapeutic for us and to enable us to be rooted and in the right place to see us flourish throughout this year. What does it look like to be more rooted as Christians as we approach 2024? And the picture in the centre of this psalm is a flourishing tree planted by water. Blessed is the one, verse 2, whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on his Lord day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season. As we look to a new year, how can we be that person? That person, just like a tree planted by streams of water, deep roots, well-watered, fruitful. How can we be that person? Now the book of Psalms uh, found right in the middle of our Bibles is the ancient songbook of Israel. There are 150 psalms, many of them written by David, and they're wide-ranging from songs of praise through to lament. There are royal psalms, there are psalms of thanksgiving, and they reflect the real-life wide-ranging experiences of God's people. And that's why Christians love reading them and using them today today someone is slightly different from the others in that it is less like a song or a prayer and really it's a kind of it's a kind of gateway to understand the rest of the psalms and it's a declaration about humanity. Psalm 1 compares two ways of living that of the righteous those who love God and that of the wicked the enemies of those who love God and the righteous flourish like a planted tree but the wicked if you look at verse 3 and 4 blow away like chaff and so this this psalm helps us to think about what flourishing what real flourishing looks like and I want to build on the two ways that I've already mentioned in the service from Psalm 1 as we think about that together being rooted both in a faith community and being rooted in God's word now among other things Psalm 1 urges us to disengage from destructive relationships and unhealthy habits and to delight in God's teaching. The person who is considered to be blessed, verse 1 and 2, is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. That's what David said. Blessed is the one who is careful about who they spend time with. Now, I've mentioned that I like a good tidy-up after Christmas, a good declutter. But one thing you might also know about me, if you've been around this church a little while and heard me speak, is that even though I love the fresh, clean, new start feeling, I am highly allergic to New Year's resolutions. Can I get an amen on that? It's really classic this time of year. People make all sorts of resolves, and you make lists of resolutions for the year. You know, I will be thinner, fitter, kinder, healthier, tidier, wealthier, any number of other aspirations. And I love the theory of it, but I just know that down the New Year's resolution path, which, let's face it, largely relies on willpower, down that path leads failure and guilt, as I know from bitter experience. Now, someone who knows me well sent me this meme which just about sums it up for me. How long will you keep your New Year's resolutions? Purple, a month. Blue, a week, Green, I already forgot what they are. That sounds about right. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't think we should be looking at ourselves and see what direction our, our lives are taking. I'm, I'm really for that. But let's set aside willpower. Let's set aside beating ourselves up and failing and feeling bad, but instead prayerfully seeking God about who we are and where we're going and how we can get there. And that's what this psalm is about. Rather than making resolutions, I try and take some time at the beginning of the year in January to look back. I try to look back carefully and prayerfully, like a kind of examine, over the year. And look ahead to what's coming up. And I was grateful to have some space at the beginning of this week to do that again. And I found myself praying for myself and also for us as a church. Um, among other things, praying depth for us. Depth for me in my own walk with Jesus this year and depth for us as a church family that we would go deeper in him this year that we would be more rooted this year. And David says in Psalm 1 he highlights how the people that we surround ourselves make a huge difference to us. He says that part of being planted and rooted rooted is that it's wise to let go of unhealthy relationships. Imagine a New Year's resolution that's less about giving up bad habits or trying to become a better person in some way, but partly surrounding ourselves by good and godly people. Perhaps there are relationships or people who aren't that helpful to us that we just step away from. It's actually quite challenging. And of course, the flip side is also therefore true that being part of a faith community and allowing ourselves to be shaped and fed in a church family with godly people is also so vital. I hadn't noticed before, but in this psalm, all sorts of postures are mentioned. Walking, standing, sitting. And I feel that kind of challenge for us from the Lord. What posture are we taking at the beginning of this new year? And one posture can be that uh, which is committed to a faith community, to walking and standing and sitting together, prioritizing people, gathering together like this in this way, which is really important, but also thinking more widely about who we are letting into our lives. Who do we pray with? Who are we linked in a small group with? What other settings are there where we can really share life and faith together? Being rooted in a faith community it's vital for our growth and our well-being. And at the start of this new year, again, it's just good to be reminded about that and to make any personal decisions that might be needed to help us to grow deeper, rooted in a faith community. And, of course, we can't not talk about this when we talk about Psalm 1, about being rooted in God's Word. Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his Lord day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves do not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Meditation on God's word. One of the best gifts that we could give ourselves at the start of this year is to commit to regular reading and meditating on God's word in a way that forms us in a way that, that roots itself in us. And I was thinking as I was preparing this week, I said, Lord, this is like this is a really simple message at the start of the new year. It's not very dynamic and exciting, is it? You know? It's not full of vision and direction for the church for the year. But I just felt such a conviction about how vital and how fundamental this is for us. I like this description of meditation. Chewing on God's word until it penetrates your heart. By meditating on scripture, we fill our minds with God's word and with his truth. And I I really do believe that the the degree to which we meditate on God's word is the degree to which we will mature in our relationship with God. Let me just say that again. The degree to which we will meditate on God's word is the degree to which we will mature in our relationship with God. And I just felt, I just wanted to say again at the start of the new year, you know, there just aren't shortcuts. No amount of future vision and dynamic sermons will ever replace God's people rooting themselves with each other and carefully prayerfully in meditation chewing over and reading God's word in a way that in a way that we allow it to form us and to shape who we are and the kind of people that we are and the kind of relationships that we have and the ways that we stand firm against the tide of culture the way that we stand firm on his truth in times of difficulty there are no shortcuts to this no shortcuts Meditation is more important than ever because we have been so malformed by a culture that doesn't do this. The way we typically live in our culture is marked by skimming and speed reading and scrolling. We don't live in a meditation culture, really, do we? We live in a speed reading, scrolling culture. Scrolling on our phones, skimming articles just to kind of find the main point watching reels of just a few seconds, browsing through streaming channels on our TV, trying to find something to watch. Our culture works against us on this, so we have to be quite deliberate. Now, actually, in some ways, we do know how to meditate, because we do meditate already in other ways. Let's say you get a, a precious letter or a card from, from somebody very, very dear to you, and you read it, and you pore over every word, because it's so important, and try to understand the tone and get behind the words and what they mean you read and digest and reread i got a particularly encouraging email from somebody in the church family a few days ago and you know i read it 5 times it it did my heart good as i read this email and just digested some of the um, love that was within it i meditated i guess meditating on god's word is so formative And it's so important, and it's easy not to do it. Psalm 1 talks about allowing the Bible to form us and to deepen us, where we can encounter the living God who's speaking to us through Scripture. In another psalm, in Psalm 19, David says this of God's Word, Psalm 19, verses 7 and 8, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. How precious God's word was for David, and how it should be for us too. And I'd love just to remind us and encourage us, not willpower, not failure, not guilt, not just another resolution, but forming the habit making the good decision to get into God's word in a deeper way than we currently are whatever that might mean for us this will honestly be better than any other goal you may have made and not just to read it but to be formed from it to meditate of it over it to chew it to pray it now if you're not in a regular pattern of bible reading there are so many resources out there to help you i could list dozens. just want to mention a few examples to you. If you'd like um, the Bible on your phone or on your tablet, I mentioned earlier that we encourage people to take a Bible. You know, I love having an actual Bible, but sometimes it's useful to have it as an app on a phone. Lots of us use um, version. For that, you can get the Bible, you can download it in whatever translation you want. There are all sorts of reading plans on there as well if you would like them. The Bible Project is a brilliant resource. It gives you video overviews of each book of the Bible. You might think okay, I'm reading Lamentations, what the heck's that about? It'll give you a kind of video, really helpful video overview of all the books of the Bible. There's, there's uh, resources about biblical themes, uh, reading plans of all sizes. Um, they've got a Bible in a Year resource on Bible projects. One um, Bible in a Year resource that p- some people really like to use um, is Nikki and Pippa Gumbel's um, The Bible, where you read certain chapters, Old and New Testament, and it provides you with a commentary. If you're a new Christian or you're not really in the habit of Bible reading, if reading the Bible is new to you, Nikki Gumbel's written a 30-day guide for new Christians or p- new people to the Bible, just to get you into the pattern of a month's worth of readings. Now, like I say, there are loads of others. We can help you. If you like, you can look around for resources. I thought I'd just show you a few and encourage you uh, into that. We've actually got something up, coming up in the church soon. Uh, if you want a big overview of the Old Testament, sometimes the Old Testament can be really hard to understand. How, how is it all put together? What's the big sweep? And we're running three evenings starting from the 17th of January walk through the Bible. Ideally, you'd come to all three because they link together and you can sign up for that via the church website. Ian Crossley is a walk through the Bible facilitator and he's going to help us with that. There's already over 80 people signed up, which is wonderful. Um, if you'd like to join us, we're encouraging small groups to come along as well. If you'd like to, that's walk through the Bible. There's loads of resources. It is about finding out what works for you. Some people love Bible in a year. That's big chunks, which is great. But actually, a slow read is also good. You know, a slow read through a gospel, chewing over the verses, meditating on a phrase um, or a verse. It's not always about quantity. Sometimes it's about meditating on a smaller chunk. Sometimes I'll read a big bit, but I will just find I need to just meditate or chew over a little bit of scripture throughout my day. And I guess I also want to say that for those of us who might be sitting and thinking, well, we're already in a pattern. You know, we do try to get into regular patterns of Bible reading. There's also a challenge for us about meditation and being formed more deeply, I guess. What does depth look like for us? So that we really are shaped not by culture, but by God's word. Right at the start of this new year. Let's pray for each other that this year will be formed well and have depth as we read and live and stand on Scripture, that in a changing culture we will hold fast and allow God's word to mould us and shape us and give us life as we hear him speaking to us day by day. Just a final thought on Psalm 1 before we finish and respond. David tells us what the outcome is. If we surround ourselves with godly people, and regular reading, if we let go of some things in order to make space for other things that are a priority, he tells us that we will have these things, stability and prosperity. Verse 3, stability, like a tree planted by water. If we want stability in our lives, when he roots in a faith community, in scripture, in letting go of things that, that, that dig up those roots. There'll be a stability to our lives. And also prosperity. Now, I'm not talking about um, wealth. This is not like the prosperity gospel, talking about this is nothing to do, this is nothing actually to do with finances. This is about flourishing, about human flourishing, about abundance, that there'll be an effectiveness in our lives. As we're rooted, we'll have stability and prosperity. Where will God lead us as a church this year? There are many unknowns. If previous years were anything to go by, there'll there'll be joys, there'll be sadnesses, there'll be adventures, there'll be detours. If God has a people who are committed to a faith community, who are reading his word in a way that forms and penetrates our hearts, then we will be in good shape for whatever this year is going to bring wonder what this picture speaks to you as we've shared today. Making space, letting go of some things in order to make space for other things. I'm going to invite the band to come back and we'll have some time to pray and worship and respond and I want to give us some space just to think for ourselves about what God is saying (coughs) to us. Just meditate a bit on that image And on these verses in Psalm 1. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. Which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Lord, as we take a moment to still ourselves in quiet at the beginning of this new year. What do we need to make space for? What do we need to let go of in order to take up and make space for other things?